Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Lakers coach Frank Vogel set to join us here momentarily. LZ, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm a little bummed about the news coming out of Clipperland. You know, I feel bad for Doc. I like Doc personally, so yeah. Oh, what happened to Doc? I was feeling bad that they lost to the clip to the Nuggets. <laughs> is that old news? That is old news. Doc oh, Rivers okay. was uh, let go today with two oh. years left on his deal. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. Star player shoots the ball off the side of the backboard, and you get fired. Okay, that's how life works, man. Uh, you know, most of these coaches understand that. That's generally the case. When you get hired, you're getting hired to eventually get fired. Now, not all of them, right? Uh, there are a select few that that doesn't happen. But more times than not, that's the role in professional sports. I know. I know. It just feels like if I could look and go, were there substitution questions? Yeah, of course there were substitution questions. But in the fourth quarter, you had Paul George and Kawhi on the floor. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, And there were some goose eggs. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, exactly. So I'm like... Is it really his fault? Uh. Yeah, well, coaching is one of those professions, man. It is not an easy gig for sure. It is not for the faint of heart. Speaking of coaches, the great coach of your Los Angeles Lakers, ready for his first NBA Finals appearance. Coach Frank Vogel joins us now here. Frank, congratulations. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll ask you this. This is your first Finals appearance. How much? Uh, how, how long did you give yourself and the team to kind of just celebrate a little bit? <laughs> well, we enjoyed it that night. You know, uh, we came back to the to the hotel and uh, got to be with each other and, and enjoy that moment. But you know, when it, uh, the next day comes around, it, it you immediately turn your focus to um, to the finals. And uh, you know, at the time, we we didn't know whether it was going to be Boston or Miami, but you you prepared. You know, we we knew Miami was closer uh, to clinching, so uh, we started looking at uh, a lot of tape on those guys and. It was a brief, a brief, quick turnaround. Coach, I know you're way too classy and mature to do this, so I'm going to do it for you. <laughs> yeah, dog, who was talking smack about me getting higher now? Yeah, who thought I wasn't the best <laughs> choice now? Yeah, yeah, how you like me now, suckers? Yeah, finals, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I, I did it for you. <laughs> you don't have to even comment. Your laugh is perfect, actually. Your laugh is but. but but in all, but in all honesty, how gratifying is it to know that so many people, some who work for my company, question your hiring, and now you looking like, oh, year one finals. How you like me now? Yeah, I, I'm really not even there to be honest with you. You know, uh, maybe in two weeks I will be. You know, if we're <laughs> able to prevail in this next series. <laughs> but we still have a ton of work to do. Obviously, we're happy with where we're at. Um, you know, this, this season was, it was never, it's never about me. You know, this is about LeBron and Anthony and, uh, and the Lakers getting back on, on top. And, uh, we're in position right now to do so. But like I said, uh, still got four more to go. Frank Vogel, the coach of your Los Angeles Lakers with you here as they're going to, uh, their, I believe it was their 32nd Western conference finals victory. If I have the number correctly, it's pretty ridiculous. If you think about it, that's actually 48% of uh, all the Western Finals uh, championships in the history of the NBA. But, um, Frank, you mentioned AD and LeBron. Let's talk about AD for a second. How have you seen him grow? Not just, you know, as far as his game, because we know how talented he is, but just kind of grow into being the player he's been off the floor and the leadership role he's taken off the floor as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think being around LeBron this year has, has really had an enormous impact on his personal development as a player, as a leader, um, you know, and, and just uh, everything that goes into taking that next step as, as a superstar. You know, obviously he's had some, some great seasons in, in New Orleans um, individually, uh, had a couple couple of times where they, they had some postseason success, minimal postseason success, but uh, to see him uh, go deep into the playoffs, you know, is is really about, um, you know, I think what he's what he's learned by being around LeBron James and the mindset uh, that it takes to reach that level, and it's been a fun thing to be a part of because he's he's such a terrific guy, he's such a hard worker, and um, you know he just cares about all the right things. So uh, I'm happy for him to be a, at this point, and you know I know he's motivated to get four more. Um. Coach, during the Houston series, you know, the dynamics of the Houston Rockets roster sort of forced you into a position where you didn't use Dwight Howard, you didn't use JaVale McGee very much. Do you see any similarities between the sort of brand of small ball that Houston played and what you'll be facing with Miami, considering they really only play one big man uh, in their rotation, and he's basically a perimeter player? Yeah, well, they've they've done different things in different series. Um, you know, they they have played uh, Kelly Olynyk some. Uh, they didn't play him a lot in the Boston series, but uh, they do play you know him uh, you know in certain situations. And you know, with the size that we play with, we could see we could potentially see him in there. Uh, but Bam's a, a big part of what they do, and um, you know, he's he's as unique as uh, some of the other guys we we faced in this playoff run have been, whether it be a unique guard like Dame Lillard or James Harden, Russell Westbrook, or, you know, a unique center like Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, Bam presents uh, these types of problems. I do think that, uh, you know, we, we have built a team this year that has uh, the flexibility to play big or small and to see, you know, which, uh, which lineups are, are best to combat the, uh, the attack that we're facing in that series. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how, what volume uh, our our centers play in the series and what impact they have. But you know, I feel like, uh, you know, like I said, we have the ability to play both ways. Frank Vogel, the head coach of your Los Angeles Lakers, with us here. And yeah, you guys have been really versatile, obviously, from series to series, and you know, that's just kind of the deal. But you know, and I think this is a testament to you and and the group that you have, but. How challenging could that be at times, just having that conversation with one of your guys, be like, hey, you're probably not going to see the floor as much as you normally do? Yeah, in a lot of situations, that can be a very difficult conversation. And, you know, I, I want to credit our guys, uh, our centers in particular in that Houston series, but but a number of, of guys uh, throughout the year have had the uh, the mindset that this is a, you know, it's a team, it's a team first approach. And, you know, whatever's needed for that night, whatever's needed for that series, you know, they're willing to, to do for the team. And, uh, you know, our centers have been, been great at sacrificing when needed uh, to play small. And, um, you know, just uh, it's, it's important to have, you know, guys that are going to accept those roles. That role acceptance is everything in terms of going forward. Because if, if you make those moves and, and everybody's not on board with it, it pulls away from the energy of the group. And, um, you know, it's been the opposite with our group. You know, each time, uh, you know, somebody has been told they, they may not play it enough or, or play a lot in that game or that series, 
you know, they've always become a great cheerleader and a great supporter of their teammates, and, and that's just everything for the energy of the group. When I look at the roster of the Miami Heat, I see a lot of talent, obviously. I see a lot of dogs, obviously, but also see a lot of young people, a lot of youth. Is this going to be another series where uh, Taylor Horton Tucker may make an appearance? Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, the, the, the young fella continues to impress in all of our practice workouts. And, um, you know, it's one of those things we'll continue to evaluate. Each series is different. Uh, we didn't use him as, as much. I think when we, when we use our bigs, uh, there's less minutes on the perimeter. Uh, for for a guy like Talon, so I think that that Houston series where we weren't playing our bigs, you know, there was there was extra minutes there. Um, so it'll it'll depend on on how much uh, how much we use our bigs in this series. Frank Vogel, Lakers coach, with us here. Frank, if you know LeBron has been there in your corner, backing you up the whole way, and you know you've coached this league in numerous stops. You know how important it is to have the buy-in. Um, from the the best player on the team, and you kind of alluded to that a little bit earlier, and, and you know even most recently he called you you the the anchor of the team that you have always been there the anchor kind of steadying the ship there. What is it like to have that kind of uh, I, I guess having someone like that in your corner, right? A player of that magnitude as you're trying to coach a team in your first season with the team in your corner. Yeah, he he's been amazing. You know, he and Anthony have both been. Uh, just perfect captains, perfect leaders. Um, what you dream of as a coach, you know, the, the guys that obviously have the ability to dominate on the floor, but you know, are, are forging a great partnership, uh, you know, with yourself and, and with your coaching staff uh, to put the right plans in day to day and, you know, to manage the team. And, you know, obviously, you know, with that partnership, you have it uh, infectious and contagious to the rest of the group you know, to be bought into what we're doing and doing everything the right way and doing everything together, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's humbling, uh, you know, to be in this position with such a great uh, all-time player like LeBron James, um, one that's on his way in Anthony Davis. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I'm thankful for that partnership and, you know, hopefully it can lead us to great places. What did you learn about yourself as a coach through this process thus far? Well, I've always, I've always believed in just being me, you know, and, and coaching to my personality, not trying to be somebody else. Um, and you know, that it, that it can work with a team that's super talented. You know, obviously most of the teams that I've been a head coach for have been young up and coming teams. And, you know, obviously this is a, this is a different challenge, but you know, again, you stay true to what works for you. Um, and like I said, just, uh, work your tail off be uber prepared, uh, make sure you spend appropriate time with relationships and building those, those relationships, uh, communicating. And, you know, when you do all those things, you know, you can coach a group that's, uh, that's heavy with veterans and, um, you know, uh, accomplished resumes, just the same as, uh, as the success I had with some of my younger teams. Frank Vogel with us here of your Los Angeles Lakers. Frank, I know that you coaches don't like to put the spotlight on yourselves, but you and Eric Spolstra have done – I heard you laughing because I know you guys hate this stuff. Uh, but you, you and Eric Spolstra have faced off uh, 50 times. Uh, you know, he's won 26, you've won 24. It's virtually even. Um, you know, you've gone against him in, you know, with the highest stakes when you were in Indiana, you know, to go to the, uh, the, the NBA Finals. What are some of the memories that you have of just – 
competition between you two guys who have, who have basically been coaches for very nearly the same amount of time. Yeah, it's a big chess match. You know, um, obviously there's a, there's a lot of moves going into uh, these playoff runs that, that you go against a coach and um, whether it's making, making moves in game or making moves from game to game uh, to counter some of the things that you're doing. And, you know, you always try to get inside, you know, the other team's coach's head just to see what, what moves are coming next. So, you know, we're, we're very familiar with each other. You know, I think there's a healthy respect there. And, um, you know, obviously Eric does a great job. Are you as disappointed as we are that we won't be able to drink and party on South Beach during the <laughs> <NBA> finals? <laughs> Not really. No, because, you know, when you're coaching in these things, you're completely consumed. So I think that's something that, uh, you know, obviously the media and the fans can can uh, be disappointed in. Obviously, it's a dream. It's a dream mat- NBA Finals matchup for those that are uh, either working in the media or or visiting as fans. But for us, we're we're locked in and consumed with the work. And uh, it doesn't really matter where we're playing. It's about who we're playing. Yeah. Coach, 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 we know you got to eat. You acting like you ain't got to eat. Now you're going to be sitting in a room every yeah. day. But Come on, Frank. Good. You know Come that dinner at Prime 112 is better than dinner dinner in, in the bubble. Let's be real here. <laughs> well, that's definitely true. But, you know, during the playoffs, I would be eating room service anyway. So That's true. That is okay. true. You'd be, <laughs> you'd be at some Four Seasons or some Ritz-Carlton or something like that. That is, that right. is true. That is true. Um, but And by the way, there's less for you to worry about as a coach since you don't have to go there, which I'm sure, and you don't have to name names, which I'm sure, look, you go there, there's always that, oh, I hope one of these guys doesn't go out for whatever reason. Yeah, they're not going out in the bubble. I can promise you that. Shouts <laughs> <laughs> out to your lemon pepper. <laughs> there you go hey frank congratulations again man thank you for always making time for us and as you said it four more man best of luck to you okay thanks guys thanks for having me on you got to take you. care there he is frank vogel the coach of your los angeles lakers well there's one less worry for him LZ. Uh, man you, you ain't gonna fool me yeah <laughs> I, i've been around the league a long time it is very true that most coaches spend a great deal of time eating room service, but they still go out, George. Occasionally you know they do. They, they do still go out. They, they, they do go out. Uh, the Rams went out, and uh, they almost pulled it off, LZ, but did they get jobbed? We'll get into it next. 877-710-ESPN. Your thoughts on Coach Vogel as well at 877-710-3776. Back in three minutes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Yeah, yeah. Sedano and LZ with you here. Thanks to Coach Frank Vogel for joining us there. If you missed that interview, you could always subscribe to the Sedano and LZ podcast, which you should already, to be honest with you, on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
uh, Google, wherever you find your podcasts. I'm so happy for him, George. I am too. I'm very happy for him. If if you go back and, you know, those who are listeners of the morning show knows this, I wasn't among the people who, you know, belittled his hiring. I thought he was a really smart defensive coach. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I thought he was going to bring that sort of philosophy to the, to the Lakers and they desperately needed it. I wasn't tripping that we didn't get Ty Lue. Um, I wasn't tripping that the Lakers said, this is who you need to be your assistant coaches. And I'm just really glad that it really worked out for him. Yes, I would agree. Um, I agree in all those regards. Like I, I did think that Ty Lue should have been the the lead candidate, as he was the lead candidate. Um, but when that worked out, when that didn't work out, when they hired Frank, I was very much in line with you in that regard. That I said, look, I think you can do way, way, way worse. And I'm not trying. And I'm not trying to belittle Jason Kidd, um, but I didn't think he was ready to be a head coach again yet. And I thought that he really needed to be on a bench, you know what I mean, for a little while before going back to potentially being a head coach. And that may still be the case. He may end up being a head coach. But I do think that there's something to be said about going on that bench as a lead assistant and really just kind of understanding the nuances of the game from someone who's been doing it for a while. And that's what Jason has been able to do. So I was more anti-Jason Kidd as the head coach than anything else and when they got frank i was actually pleasantly relieved i'm like here's a guy who has a good resume like orlando nobody was winning in orlando at that time not with that gm and not everything that they were doing from a roster standpoint (laughs) right um but i look i was there I, i met frank back then when he was coaching indiana so like i i i knew right away like this guy is for real like he is a good coach so i was at that time, that was kind of my position was like, you guys got a good coach. Um, the, you know, the most important thing is if he can get buy-in from LeBron, right? And he did. He got it very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. My only concern now is that the Lakers are going to try and poach Jason Kidd from us, so we need to keep our eye on that. That who's going to try to poach Jason Kidd? The Clippers, rather. The Clippers are going to try and poach Jason You think so? Kidd. Well, there's a vacancy. Well, I think, yeah, <laughs> but Woj is reporting that, like, Ty Lue – um, and Jeff Van Gundy are the potential candidates. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. I mean, I mean you, I mean, you don't like Ty? Like, well, well, listen. Frank Vogel, to me, has spent enough time with enough different rosters to make me feel comfortable parachuting him in this situation. And that's not necessarily um, where Ty is. I thought he blew it when he didn't take the Lakers' initial offer. I thought the Clippers blew it when they tried to troll the Lakers and LeBron James by hiring him as part of their bench. And I think that, you know, a lot of this is karma that's happening in regards to that. But with all that said and done, personally, I would rather take the coach who had the foresight to put the ball in Giannis's hand when he was still a kid trying to figure out the game because I think he might be more willing to try different things and be more innovative. That's kind of my perspective. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I, I don't – I don't think that there – I think there are things you could take away from – not that I want to spend a ton of time on Jason Kidd, but I'm saying, like, I think there are things that you can take from Jason Kidd's tenure uh, in Milwaukee that were good. I'm not saying it was all bad, uh, but I think ultimately it's more than just catering to the one player. While that is unbelievably important, I still think you need to still be able to coach the other guys too. You know what I'm saying? And I think that uh, – that may not always be as easy. And look, LZ, there's just not a lot of it. I mean, there's not a lot of examples, uh, maybe Larry Bird, right, of the superstar player becoming a great head coach. Oh, no, it doesn't happen often. Yeah. That is, that is for sure. Yeah. It'd be fascinating to see what the Clippers do later 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, it's all about the Lakers, baby. Yeah, and by the <laughs> way, if you don't know why we're talking about the Clippers head coaching vacancy, it's because Doc Rivers was let go. Um, so we have uh, we have that that kind of broke a little over an hour or so ago. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting now to see who will get that job. But speaking of job, the Rams were jobbed, LZ. The Rams were jobbed yesterday on an awful pass interference. Now, I, I tweeted that, and I got a lot of, well, John Johnson the third got an interception call that was at least, at the very least, sketchy and maybe a tie with the tight end that Buffalo, uh, you know, the Buffalo receiver, which was a tight end. I don't know about that. That's a lot harder call to make, like who caught the ball first. All I know is that John Johnson the third actually came up with the ball in that situation. So... You know, I don't equate that as as a, as this sort of egregious mistake by the officials, whereas I thought everyone noticed clear as day that that was just a terrible pass interference call as both guys had locked up. And the receiver, in this case, initiated the initial contact there. Yeah, yeah, he did. And, you know, when I was watching it, I was I was ticked off and I was mad initially. And literally, like, within 30 seconds, I was like, but this is what happens when you spot a team 25. Like, that's the kind of head coach I am. That's the kind of fan I am. That's the kind of journalist I am. That I recognize there are plays that happen throughout the course of a fourth quarter or the last period, whatever sport you're watching, that, you know, may greatly influence the outcome. But you build up to that place long before that. And I always like to look at how you got there. And the reality is, is that there's questions about whether or not Sean McVay should have punted as opposed to go for it on fourth, right. which led to another score. No, but I, I'm good being aggressive in that spot. Yeah, you know what? I, I wasn't mad at it, but in retrospect, right. you can ask the questions like, you know, would the outcome have been different had they punted and were able to stop them? Though they hadn't given you no evidence that they could stop them at that point. Um, and then obviously there's just the overall play of the defense through the first half especially in our secondary. That was just atrocious, you know? And it was just like, you know, the zone, you know. Yeah, this but is you a- know what, LZ? You got to, you know, and we talked about this a little during Purgatory the other day, is that the Bills are good, man. You know what I mean? And Josh Allen is one of these quarterbacks, you know, when we were talking about him on Friday, I'm like, he's kind of Cam Newton. You know what I mean? Like, he's huge. He's mobile as hell. He's got a strong-ass arm. Um, and he kind of thrives when things become chaotic, which reminds me a lot of Cam Newton. And honestly, someone else that it reminds me of is Ben Roethlisberger when he was in his prime, you know? No, like he's I'm good. Not, I'm, not, I'm not poo-pooing the Bills, and I'm not poo-pooing Josh Allen, but he shredded our zone. <laughs> right. And it took him a long time to figure out that they needed to do something different. And that's where, you know, Key and I were texting back and forth yesterday and we were to my Wade, and I was like, oh, Wade's defense was giving up the same sort of things, you know, to Jameis right. last season at the Colo. Right. You know, it's like, so it's like, I'm not going to count the game against the Ravens because it was Lamar, and Lamar did against I everyone. I mean, he just destroyed them, yeah. Yeah, he destroyed everybody. But yeah. I'm like, you know, there's something about the zone defense that if you obviously don't get the pressure up front right away, you're just mm. exposed. And we right. gave away too many big plays because of the zone, th- assuming that Aaron or somebody was going to get to the, to Josh first. And to your point, because he's Cam Newton-ish, even when you get to him doesn't mean you're gonna he's going to knock him down. That wasn't Tom Brady or Drew Brees back there. That's a young man who's 6'5 and 250 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and, and look, I get the idea of going zone because he's not the most refined passer yet, Josh Allen. You know what I mean? Like, I think that 
And I think that you go in there thinking you can confuse him, and it just didn't happen. He just was, you know, he was money in, in the first part of that game. And then they started throwing different looks at him, and things got easier. And plus, look, the offense also got going. You know, I think that played a huge role too. Yeah, absolutely. And I was really proud of, and the reason why I'm so bullish on the Rams is because this season we got down big, but we still didn't get away from the run. Right. We started the second half. And, you know, they scored again, and we were down 25, but we kept running the football because there was a lot of success there. Yeah, Henderson was good yesterday. Henderson was very good, and our offensive line was very good at giving the host a run-through. So I'm bullish about this season. I'm disappointed in the outcome. Um, Right. I'm assuming that defensively we're going to make the necessary adjustments so that we don't find ourselves in that big of a hole going forward. But as I wrote in L.A. Times yesterday – you know, all those talks about the Rams being awful and sucking this year because they lost so many big names. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, that was stupid. Big names doesn't mean big game. Right, because you're, you're, you're discounting coaching. They have good coaching, and they still have good players on this roster. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, granted, they don't have the overwhelming talent that they once had, but it doesn't mean that they're bereft of talent. Like, I exactly. think that there's a happy medium here. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they won nine damn games right, last year. Right. I'm from Detroit. Talk yeah. to me when y'all go 0 for 6. Hey, y'all beat Kyler Murray, all right? Hell yeah, undefeated Kyler Murray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take that. Kingsbury. Um, We had to wait to the last second of the game to claim the victory. Nonetheless, we got it. Exactly. (laughs) Um, You did claim victory, and one team will claim victory after four wins between the Lakers and the Heat LZ. And there's a lot at stake here from a legacy perspective. We've talked about LeBron numerous times where, you know, you're talking about he could be the first leading man to get three championships with three different teams, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, look – uh, there was a lot of talk when he came to L.A. Curtis, we have the sound of the naysayers thing that LeBron said yeah, uh, on Saturday night. And there was a lot of talk. And, you know, I remember having these conversations when we were taking calls. A lot of the callers were out there saying, oh, LeBron just wants to be Hollywood. And, you know, this is, you know, he's not the same guy anymore. And look. LeBron's got rabbit ears, okay? I'm not saying he's listening to 710 ESPN all day, every day, but if he ain't listening, he's got people listening. And he's got rabbit ears for what people say on TV, what people write. Like, he knows it all, LZ, and you you know that as well. So he reminded people when he said this on Saturday. Play it, Curtis. I heard all the conversations and, and everything that was said about why did I decide to come to L.A., um, the reason I came to L.A., um, how was it was not about basketball and and all, all those conversations of I mean just you know naysayers and things of that nature but um, I understood that and with the season last year and with my injury it just gave him more um, you know more sticks and, and more wood to throw in the fire uh, to continue to um, say the things that they would say about me but um, it never stopped my journey it never stopped my mindset it never stopped my goal. Um, and I'm happy, like I said, and, and proud of this this organization and proud of my teammates. I'm proud of the coaching staff, the front office, and, and our ownership um, as well, um, you know, at this very moment today. So if you didn't believe me saying he's got rabbit ears and he hears everything, he just said it for you. And I'm glad he did, man. I'm glad he did because a lot of these people, they're so consumed with trying to have a hot take that they don't mind dragging a man's good name through the mud just to make that so-called hot take. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not like that. I'm not like that. A lot of us at ESPN LA are not like that. But there are a lot of people 
who want to trash LeBron, not because they legitimately believe what they're saying, but because they know that the controversy will get clicks and viewers and all that. And, you know, if, if you're if you're happy living your life that way, good for you. But I'm not built that way. I'm too mar- I'm married to the truth. And the truth of the matter is, is that this man has been on this franchise for two seasons. He's got two all NBA performances. He's got two all star performances. And he's got finished second in MVP voting, and he's led the trip the team back to the finals for the first time in a decade. And if you're still going, yeah, but then say yeah, but to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. I- I'm with you wholeheartedly when it comes to that. So there's there's certainly that. But here's the thing: we do love to build a narrative and a storyline, LZ, because that's what we got to do when we got these things. And there is still a juicy narrative here and storyline. And it's between one LeBron Raymond James and uh, Patrick Arthur Riley. Now, I don't actually know if that's Pat Riley's middle name, but I felt like Arthur went really well with uh, with Pat. <laughs> Are you, 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 you like that? I'm good with that. I'm good yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah I feel like that could be his middle name. It sounds like it should be his middle name. No, it's actually Patrick James Riley. So there you go. Now I looked it up. So LeBron Raymond James and Patrick James Riley. That's uh, like James is, 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 is. Yes. So remember... When LeBron was uh, was leaving Miami, there was that press conference in 2014. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. Curtis, oh, yeah. play what uh, what Pat said in uh, the summer of 2014 for us, please. This stuff is hard, and you got to stay together if you got the guts, and you don't find the first door and run out of it <laughs> if you have an opportunity. I didn't come down here 19 years ago for a quick trip to South Beach and get a suntan. I can guarantee you that. And um, and I don't think they did either. Yeah. I mean, he was mad. Um, LeBron did kind of diss him in Vegas. You know, he wouldn't turn off the soccer game, right? Uh, he let him waiting in the casino for like an hour or two while he was uh, just kind of hanging out. Like, I, I get why Pat was mad. Now, I, that relationship that was once icy has since, you know, warmed up a tad. Uh, after Dwayne Wade's last game, there was an embrace between the two that was photographed, uh, you know, by the AP media and all that. But I, I do think that the one thing they have in common, those two, is that, man, they are two of the most competitive people I have ever been around. Forget sports. I'm talking about just in general, that those two are so much more alike than they would ever want to give the other credit for. But they are one of these guys. They're the, these are the type of guys they are. Riley and LeBron, you're either with them or you're against them. There is no in-between with them. No, no, there isn't. But Riles was wrong for that. Yeah, and he's actually apologized <laughs> since then. He, he, he's but that's old wrong. school Riles. You know that. Well, you know I, what I'm saying? I understand that. But if we're going to play the old clips, I'm going to give you the old takes too. He was wrong for that back then. Um, I saw the quotes where he felt as if, you know, he was mad because a dynasty, the team had a chance to be a dynasty. LeBron James, rightfully so, knew he was the dynasty. <laughs> like, he didn't slow down. He kept on moving. And this notion that, you know, he ran out the first available door, he ran to a door to a team that had just finished so bad they had the number one pick in the draft. He didn't go to Golden State. He went back to Cleveland. But Kyrie had yet to put together a 500 season, and then he traded for Kevin Love, who had yet to put together a 500 season. If anything, you should call him crazy for going to a team of losers. Not well, that's what he did. He, he did. He, he said he was gonna. He was making the biggest mistake well, of his he, life. But he yeah. was running. Well, well, technically, he hasn't 
owned up to that quote, even though we all believe it was him. <laughs> yes. At least I hadn't seen the reports that he owned up to it yet. We've seen the quote, but I haven't well, seen it. Well, LeBron any- said that he said it. Well, we, I mean, you know, I'm saying Patrick, Patrick oh, Riley hasn't right. admitted that he said that. But, I mean, he LeBron went to a team of losers, basically. A losing franchise that had never won with talented players who had never even had a 500 season. Yeah. So, I mean, this whole notion that he ran out the front door, the first availability that he saw, I mean, all of the way he characterized that was awful and wrong, and I'm glad he apologized for it. But as we continue to talk about this series, it's important to keep bringing that up because, listen, LeBron— Yeah, but here's the thing. I think what Riles was most upset about, and we'll break here in a second because I know Greg's getting all feisty. Um, What I think he was upset about was when LeBron was taking the most bullets, right, after the decision— The team that defended him, the guy who went out and told Danny Ainge to shut the bleep up. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, you're the guy you're running back to wrote a letter in Comic Sans that sounded like a slave owner. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you're running back to? Like, that team who couldn't put anything around you before, who didn't protect you the way we did? I think he was just hurt more than anything else. And that's a human reaction. Yeah, he was hurt, you know, and and it's okay to be hurt. And he just didn't recognize... LeBron wasn't running to Cleveland. He was going to Cleveland, and that's a difference. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, coming up next, you and ILZ will get into Doc Rivers in what you need to know. And LaMelo Ball actually... Uh, said something funny about his dad. We'll have that. Plus, Monday afternoon, quarterback, we'll get back into the Lakers. Richard Jefferson is going to join us in about 30 minutes as well. So down on LZ with you here. What you need to know, brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. LZ, the biggest story in sports this afternoon is Doc Rivers out as Clippers coach after a surprising playoff exit. And people say, speaking of surprising, you know, the word is that Doc was actually surprised that this was the way this went down. Uh, but that locker room is a is a disaster. Uh, we've clearly discussed this. You know, you and I talked about this after they lost. They don't have a vocal leader in Kawhi. Um, he's not a vocal leader. And we've talked about Paul George, the eye rolling after the fact and the aftermath about running it back. Uh, you know, where do you go if you're the Clippers? Well, I think you take a strong look at your roster. You try to figure out what your identity is going to be. Um, and then you try to find a coach who is going to support that identity that the roster supports. Right. You know, it's it's what you don't want to do, George, is what the Lakers did 
you know, 10 years ago, whatever it was now, not 10, I think it was more like seven or eight years, seven or six years ago, mm. when they hired Dan Tony because he was a good coach. Correct. And then had a roster that was nothing what Dan Tony would have wanted. Right. You're saying with Powell Gasol and all those guys. And Dwight right, yeah. Howard and, yeah. you know, yeah. you yeah. got Powell and Dwight trying to be perimeter players to finish. Like, you don't want to do that. Well, Dwight didn't remember. Dwight didn't want to run the pick and roll. Right. All because Shaq All said, because Shaq if said, you're a right. big man, you got to put in a post. Right. So oh. so, so you want to look at your roster, try and figure out if you're Jerry West, what are the best moves to make going forward, and then try to find a coach who can work with what you have and not work with what they w- wish they had. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, find a coach that is, is either super amenable, right, or flexible, or uh, find one that you think can – Fit the current roster and the makeup. Oh, oh of the wait, team. I got an idea. Yeah, I got a coach. I got a perfect coach. Who? Doc Rivers. He's really flexible. I hear he's available. No. Too soon, Elsie. So anyway, uh, Doc Rivers does have apparently some offers, according to our friend Mark Spears of the Undefeated and ESPN. He says the Sixers and the uh, the Hornets, the Pelicans have already reached out uh, as uh, possible destinations. If you had to pick one of those two, where would you go if you were Doc? Nolens. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't even pause. Go Give me Zion for sure. Give me Zion. Give me no. Forget Zion. Forget him. He's easy. Yeah. They have a lot of guys who aren't stars, who are ballers on that team. Yeah, that just need a coach to help empower them. Like Josh Hart. Yeah, he balled for us and he balled for them. He's yeah. never going to be a superstar, but you know he's got game and he's got heart. And you got a guy like JJ Redick, who you're familiar with, who can be the like yep. kind of clubhouse leader, right, locker room leader type. Yeah, yeah. It's too taxing to try to come in and try to like bring in someone who has no skin in the game or no credentials because. That's a roster that's dying for a head coach who says, I've done X, Y, and Z. Listen to me. For sure. 100%. And then lastly here on what you need to know, LaMelo Ball is in the news. He said to reporters, quote, he doesn't agree with his father that the Warriors aren't the right fit for him at number two. Quote, my old man, he's his own man. He has his opinions. I have mine. Like I said, I feel like I can play on any team. Anywhere is a great fit. Uh, quote, end quote. Man, LeVar can't just stop and let his kids do their thing, man. So he made life difficult for Zoe before he was even drafted. Instead of having his middle child, you know, transfer to another school where he can get his education and maybe still play basketball, he yanks him out and now he's, I don't even know what he's doing. And now he's trying to screw up the third one? Yeah. With all this jibber-jabber? Like, yeah. We put LeVar on, George. We did. You and me and Key. We were the first. We put and we were Team LeVar. Yeah. And defended him and yeah. said he wasn't crazy and all right. this stuff. And now he's got us looking like damn fools because he won't stop doing this to his kids. Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty wild, man, when you think about it. Like I am um I am stunned that he just doesn't learn. You know? And here we are again potentially with him. All right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. So, LZ, we had week three in the National Football League. We had a ton of great games. So many games that you and I, when we were picking on Friday, uh, for the, we were trying to select the five games because we always do our picks against the spread on Friday. And we are, we're always going to pick the Rams game, the Chargers game, and the Raiders game. And then we're going to add two more games, right? Unless one of those teams has a bye or whatever. So, 
we actually had a really tough time narrowing it down to just five because it was such a good slate of games this weekend on Sunday. But now you and I get to attack by doing Monday afternoon quarterback. Go ahead, Curtis. All right, LZ, Monday afternoon quarterback is brought to you by Corona Extra. Our game day beach is back. Always enjoy the game with Corona Extra, an official cerveza of the Los Angeles Rams. Speaking of the Rams, the Rams and Bills, you and I touched upon it briefly earlier. Man, it felt like they got jobbed. And I know that you feel like, eh, you shouldn't have fallen back behind, but I look at it differently. I felt like it showed a lot of moxie that they came back and were able to get themselves in position to potentially win that game. Yeah, I'm not discounting the moxie to get back in it. It's just when you look at the outcome, if people spend too much time looking at that, you know, that PI that's very questionable, then they're not allowing themselves to look at all the other things that they did to contribute to their loss. Right. Like the 25-3 to deficit, like some of the, the defensive gaps, like the simple fact that we missed a field goal. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, there are things that we did leading up to that moment that put us in, in a tough situation. Now, I want us to pull it out. We didn't, but we can't hang our head on that one call. Yeah. By the way, teams that are up 25 points in the last 20 years in the NFL – 166 and one and the Rams almost became 166 and two so close potentially just a defensive pass interference away from that particular situation but Aaron Donald was a monster in that game I mean did you see like he grabbed Jared I want to call him Jared Allen the defensive end Josh Allen the quarterback for the Bills he grabbed him by the shoulder pad one arm like going the other direction and literally whipped him around like a ragdoll and that's not Kyler Murray Josh Allen's the big dude yeah big dude but shout out to Jared Goff hell of a game Jared hell of a game yeah uh next We move on to the Chargers and Panthers. Chargers lose a tough one. It felt like to me at times they were kind of pressing a little, and now that's that's to be expected with a young quarterback in Justin Herbert. But how did you feel he did in his first – well, actually his first start was last week, even though it was a late scratch. But in his second start, Elsie. Well, I will tell you I was shocked that he threw the ball almost 50 times. Right. That's normally not what you want to do uh, with your rookie QB. With especially a, when you have a good running game. Especially when you have a good running game, and especially you don't even have a preseason. Yeah. Like So I, I was really kind of wondering about the offensive play calling with that. And then obviously losing to a team like the Panthers that are still searching for their own identity in a lot of ways isn't encouraging. But if this is going to be a year, George, that we're going to play with a rookie quarterback – then we just need to get used to some of the things that we saw yesterday. It's inexperienced, and it's going to hurt us, and we just got to grow with it. Yeah, I I do feel like, to your point, though, how does Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly only get a combined 20 carries? Like, And, and, you know, it's not like they weren't getting a pretty good clip. They were both at about five yards per carry every time they touched the ball. I thought thought the Rams' recipe for success this year was going to be running the ball and playing defense, and they kind of went away from that, which was – uh, I thought a little strange, but next game, next. There we go. We've got the uh, Raiders and the Panther. Uh, excuse me, the Raiders and the Patriots. I'm used to saying Panthers because of Cam Newton, but Cam Newton. I thought early he was a little. Oops, hold on a second. This thing is playing. I thought that Cam Newton was a little off target early, but he got much better as the game progressed. I just thought the Raiders got worked by a team that, in general 
historically, and you know this has not changed even with Cam Newton at the helm, makes way less mist- mistakes than their opponents more times than not. Yeah, I mean, this is the well-coached Bill Belichick team. QB is obviously different, but the defense is still there. The mentality is still there. And the Raiders, they were supposed to lose this game, so I'm not shocked by it. Um, I am shocked that Cam didn't have a great offensive game. And it didn't feel as if he didn't have a great game because of what the you know, Raiders were doing. It no, it was like him. He yeah. wasn't having yeah. a great game. Yeah, he was so not great. That was that surprising. Game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was surprised. And again, the, the now I know the Raiders kind of fell behind a little bit in that second half. But I, again, I feel like they just didn't utilize, much like we were talking about with the Chargers, I, I felt like Josh Jacobs needed more opportunities, not less opportunities in that particular game. So, uh, But anyway, let's move on. Next, Packers and Saints. LZ, I've been saying this for a while now. Three weeks in, I haven't changed my opinion. This is not Drew Brees' New Orleans Saints anymore. Um, the, his teammates are going to have to carry him more than they have in previous years. Alvin Kamara was, in, was incredible. On the flip side, though, Aaron Rodgers, the, the demise of Aaron Rodgers was not just overstated, but grossly overstated. I don't even know who these people are. I really don't. I don't know who are these people who have Aaron Rodgers outside of their top three who don't mention Aaron Rodgers as MVP candidate, who act as if Aaron Rodgers' last two seasons have been absolute trash when I don't even think he's thrown a combined four interceptions yet in like in the last two and a, in two two seasons in two games. Yeah. I don't even think he's got five interceptions yet. So he did what he was supposed to do. But to your point, it's like this, George. Drew Brees has already got his job after the NFL line. He does. Yeah, you're right. I would not have brought that brother back if he was already planning on leaving. Yeah, I just wouldn't. That's just the way. I mean, my he mind brought works. he got you a Super Bowl like that city. You know what the what the deal is there, you know. But I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I just would if he, if he's already planning on the retirement fund, then yeah. I'm not bringing him back in at forty some years old. Yeah, I'm with you. I get it for sure. All right, next, Cowboys Seahawks. My initial reaction to this, and I tweeted this out yesterday. Man, it's got to be exhausting being a Cowboys fan. Good lord! Um, here's what Why? I've what I they, they haven't won since the '90s. They should be used to this. <laughs> here's what I what I've come away with, and I said this last year, and I got a lot of pushback. But the recipe is out on the Cowboys. You stop Zeke, and you make Dak try to beat you. Now Dak put up great numbers, but a 470 yards or whatever, and Zeke didn't have much of a running game at all. But when they have those situations where Dak is throwing for 400 yards. I feel like they lose more times than not. I know Minnesota employed that strategy against them last year to a successful win. Um, And then on the flip side, man, how much fun is Seattle if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan? No lead ever feels safe if Russell Wilson is on the other side. Well, that's been the case for Russell Wilson for like, what, five or six seasons now? Yeah, yeah. And maybe if he was in a different city, he would get more press the way he deserves. But he's been top five damn near since the Super Bowl on. Right. And he's probably going to win MVP this year. He's certainly got the numbers to argue for it. But to your point, not only is no lead safe, no pressure is safe. Like, mm. I don't feel safe until I see either the ball is thrown out of bounds, yes. it's been dropped, yes. or he's out of bounds. Yes. If he's got the ball in his hands and there's still time left. I'm like, damn. I'm damn. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's nuts, man. Uh, next. 
Speaking of leads, no lead is safe if the Falcons have the lead. Oh uh, the Falcons were up 26 to 10, and then Nick Foles happened. How does this keep happening to the Falcons? Nick Foles threw three touchdowns in one half, LZ Granderson. First of all, I done told you to put some respect on Nick Foles' name. <laughs> he is a Super Bowl MVP, and he performed like one you know, last night. But with that being said, you know, I dated somebody like the Falcons once. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com you know it's like i got all the evidence why we should break up right and then they said come on baby trust me this time it's gonna be different (laughs) and i go back and damn it it's the same thing again yeah the same thing again i think the team needs to be broken up man yeah, I I'm just, with you wholeheartedly. I, I feel bad for Matt Ryan, to be honest with you. Why? And Julio Jones. It's partly his fault. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is tough. Uh, all right, next. All right, last one for you. Tonight's Monday Night Football game, Casey and Baltimore. I told you earlier, I haven't looked forward. It's been a long time since I've looked forward to a Monday Night Football game as much as I'm looking forward to this one. Probably since that Rams-Chiefs game a couple years ago. Um, you have the current MVP and the current Super Bowl MVP going against each other in Lamar and Patrick Mahomes. And it is the first game, LZ, in NFL history with two MVPs on the same field, 25 years or younger. Who do you like tonight? I like Baltimore, and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why because Lamar Jackson in the postseason hasn't shown you that he can get it done, but there's something about his moxie that makes me feel as if he wants to get that off his back. Correct. And he wants to do it at the expense of Patrick Mahomes. I yeah, think I think he just wants out. to – well, he's, he's 0-2 against them, and I think he, he wants to get that win for sure. Yes. I don't think there's any question about it. All right, that's the Monday afternoon foot – or excuse me, Monday afternoon quarterback brought to you by our friends at Corona Extra. All right, coming up next, Richard Jefferson, ESPN NBA analyst, former LeBron James teammate. He is going to join us or set to join us on the other side. Also, Rob Palinka uh, had some interesting comments about the Lakers – Eastern, excuse me, Western Conference Championship and their next trip to the NBA Finals, their 32nd trip to the NBA Finals. We'll have all that coming up for you, so stick around here in just a second. 